Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. I am Bill, and today I'm joined by the entire crew. We've got a lot of stuff to cover today. We've got Sony teasing their new PlayStation Portable, Nintendo and Valve issuing a DMCA takedown for Dolphin on Steam. Golem is giving us yet another broken game at launch, and Square Enix is promising that Final Fantasy 16 might break that trend of broken games. Plus, we've got upcoming events as we approach uh what would have been e3 season and june is kicking off with some massive game drops now uh every week we start off the show by talking about what we've been playing and we usually wrap up the show with like what game what videos are coming out i'm going to start us off with what videos that everybody has coming out so kyle uh from cryobite 33 kyle what do you what videos do you have on the way out this uh this week or next week or their, their most recent video uh, my most recent video went up today, and it's an Xreal Air AR glasses review. Uh, it's a rebranding of Nreal, so if you've seen those, it's the same product. Oh, awesome. What did you think of them? It went out already, right? Yeah, it went out this morning. I loved them. Uh, they're actually on my nightstand back there. You might be able to see them. Um, I've Someone, been using them all the time. Emilio asked, how hard are they, t- or how easy are they to get in Sweden? Um, not incredibly you have to import them through amazon us so it takes a couple extra weeks and you have to pay vat gosh uh carrie what about you what's your uh, latest uh hijinks over there on the fox uh the last video i did was um trying to ext- basically showcase that the asus rg ally is by default not doing a good job of managing its power and not doing it in an efficient manner, which it'll just kind of waste cycles. And if we take matters into our own hands using tools that came out for AMD 6800U platform, where you can modulate CPU clocks and GPU clocks while trying to like keep an eye on a frame rate cap, um, basically we can get significantly better battery life, up to two times better battery life using get it, still getting a 60 FPS frame cap and also the same settings. So um, that was the video that I did. It just did a really quick showcase to show what's possible. Uh, it's really more of a concept video. As new tools start coming out, I'll be showing like how-to guides on that. Awesome. What about you, Russ? What's going on over in the retro lands in Retro Game oh, man. Core? So I reviewed a pal device called the X28. That is basically the same chipset as the Retroid Pocket Flip, but like with a candy bar form factor. It's a device that they had planned on making like a year and a half ago, and it finally released. And uh, it's okay. It's got some issues with the D-pad and analog sticks and whatnot, but uh, it's a big step up from their previous devices. I need a break, though, from like retro, <laughs> like new retro handhelds and reviews and stuff. So what I did is yesterday I took the day off and I only played the original Game Boy DMG all day. And so yes. I'm going to make a video about what that's like, like to, to play the old school one after having, you know, all these other ones in my repertoire. And so it'll be interesting. I'm going to try to record the video as soon as we're done here. So hopefully it'll be ready by tomorrow. That's awesome. And uh, what about you, Rich? Yeah, so I just uploaded a video today. It's my latest Deck News Roundup. Um, I talk about a couple of things we're going to talk about here. So, for example, I talked about Nintendo kind of coming after Dolphin on Steam, as well as uh, a PC port coming to, to Steam. So a couple of things there. And then on my fr- my video from Friday, I talked about the Sony Project Q. So that's another one we're going to talk about today. I'm excited about that. And uh, the my latest video that I posted... I don't remember when a couple days ago uh, was uh, my reaction to 
the whole kerfuffle going on with Valve and Nintendo. So uh, if you want to check out the videos that we were just mentioning, make sure that you check out the description down below that like button. Uh, click the like button while you're down there as well. And everybody's um, stuff is going to be linked there after the show. I'll, re I'll update this um, the description for this video so that you can find all of those videos as well. Uh, usually we talk about the games that we've been playing, but everybody is still neck deep in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so we're instead we're going to move on and talk about upcoming games uh, because there are a lot of games that are on their way out. And I obviously I'm not going to list off all the games coming out in June, just the, the just the really, really big ones, the ones that are uh, big standouts and ones that we just got review embargoes lifted for. And that's going to be Street Fighter 6 and Diablo 4. I believe, did both of those get review embargoes lifted today? Diablo 4 for certain, yes. I don't know about Street Fighter 6. I actually haven't seen the reviews. I've just seen a lot of good reception so far. Yeah, and then we also have uh, coming out in June is Final Fantasy 16 which is another one that I am really, really hyped for. There's a bunch of other games that are are, are coming out in June. I'm just going to leave them on the screen for a second. But let's talk about uh, Street Fighter VI because we I don't think anybody on here has really talked about that game all that much. I want to say that as somebody who really liked Street Fighter in the arcade and I played it a bunch on my Super Nintendo I think the last one that I really played or at least enjoyed a lot was the the version that was either on my Super Nintendo or on my Sega Genesis back in the day. Uh, I never really got into those because I always felt like the inputs were the barrier to entry for me where, you know, you had to do like quarter circle forward or the, the weird forward down and then quarter circle forward, like those weird inputs followed with the buttons um and like those were always kind of a barrier to entry for me because i always felt like i i just mortal Kombat was easier uh as far as the inputs go so street fighter's been something that i've just always been aware of but then the new version is uh, supposed to come out i believe in three days uh if i'm wrong somebody in chat i'm sure will tell us uh, and it has like these new controls where it's very much like Smash Brothers, which is for me very appealing because then all you have to really pay attention to is like your character spacing and like when is the best time to use this ability? Not necessarily can you have the thumb dexterity dexterity to actually input that ability. So I am very excited for this game. Um Russ, I actually I can't remember who said it before. Was you were saying before that you were hyped for this game? Uh, I hadn't said it, but I, I am a little bit hyped for it. I'm like you, or I I played the old one back in the day. You know, like I remember like going into a Pietro's Pizza, which is like a Pacific Northwest <laughs> pizza place, and like seeing that first Street Fighter Two game. I must have been uh, eleven or twelve years old, and it blew my mind. I was like, "Oh my gosh, those character sprites are like as big as real life!" You know, like it was just amazing to me. And so I've always loved the old ones, you know, and yeah, again, on the Super Nintendo. My issue with the Super Nintendo one, though, was that, uh, you know, the the best buttons, which were the hard kick or the fierce or whatever they call them, they're on the shoulder buttons. And I never really got a, a used to using that left shoulder button with my hand. And so, I don't know, I just, I had a hard time playing it on the Super Nintendo back in the day. 
and then yeah, like with you, it kind of dropped off. I think I played Super Street Fighter on the Super Nintendo. That was about it. And so I do test with Street Fighter Five all the time, like to make sure it runs, you know, on all my PC game testing and stuff like that. And I do play it for a bit every time. But it's it hits differently nowadays. You know, those games are just like really hard hitting and just kind of feel a little bit more slow in their pacing and just what I'm used to and whatnot. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how Street Fighter Six comes about, but I'm not uh, I'm not like a day one purchase kind of guy for that. I'm also not a day one purchase, but not because I'm not excited for the game. I'm not a day one purchase because we got too many games to talk about. Now, I know it wasn't Rich that said he was because ex- we were talking about no, it. And Rich it said, no, but you said I'm excited for you guys. So somebody else said that they were really hyped for it. Who was it? I can't remember. It was right before the show. Uh, I, I'm interested in it uh, of a whole bunch only because when it is coming out with first for Street Fighter Five, I had an inclination to like, okay, this is gonna be a fighting game. I'm gonna pick one because I haven't really gotten into a fighting game since Tekken Three. So we're talking mm. thirty years ago when I was hardcore into a fighting game and like learning every character, learning the intric part intrinsic parts of like every bit of how they all fight and stuff and trying to understand spacing and all that. So with FS6, I want to basically be there day one and kind of participate in the online space and just battling people online because that's where I feel like you really start to get better overall. And there's a bit of a metagame that you learn in there as well when you start learning fighting styles and stuff. But I am very interested only from that particular angle. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Oh, go ahead, Rich. For me being excited for you guys, what I was saying was, I I've, I have been into the Street Fighters, so I've been into Street Fighter Four, Street Fighter Five, heavy. Like I spent hundreds of hours in Street Fighter Four specifically. Um, I never got really good, right? I was stuck in gold, I don't, just like any other kind of um, competitive game. I was stuck in gold, but I was heavy into it, and I got really into Street Fighter Five. Um, but it's just it's lost some of the mainstream appeal along the way right from street fighter 2 to street fighter 5 it's lost that mainstream appeal and i do think modern controls is going to go a long way i think the single player stuff is going to go a long way um and they're also doing a million dollar prize for capcom cup so first place gets million a million dollars and i think top two through eight or something gets another million dollars total. So I think number two gets a hundred thousand, something like that. So they're doing a lot to bring not just a uh, nerds like me, but also bring more of the mainstream people into street fighter six as well. Kyle, are you going to be competing in the, the Capcom cup for that million dollars? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, my first game ever was actually Tekken three. Like Fox mentioned. Um, I was always more of a Tekken kid. I might pick up Street Fighter now that it has modernized controls, but um, it won't be a day one. I'm still in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like if Diablo Four were not coming out this week, I would consider picking up Street Fighter Six. But I am still only okay. I'm going to say I'm halfway through because I've done two of the main things, but it's not really halfway through. I'm like halfway through Tears of the Kingdom, and um. Like I was talking to a friend of mine at work today and I was like, you know, I'm going to have to start beelining towards the end of the game for two reasons. Number one, spoilers, because every time I scroll somewhere on YouTube or Twitter, I'm afraid that somebody's going to like post the end as a screenshot or something. Uh, So as I scroll through, I'm always thinking I've got that going on in the back of my mind. But also 
we've got Diablo 4 coming right on the heels of Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6, I believe, comes out on the 2nd, and Diablo 4 comes out on uh, the 6th, because, you know, 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six. Six, six. Um, but Street Fighter uh, 6 got a 92 on Metacritic already. Like, that's just really, really crazy high scores. And then Diablo 4, I don't remember how they're... I, I know 80, that it's... 89. 89. 80. It's just crazy how well these games are reviewing. Um, I was reading a couple of... Uh, of uh, uh art articles while i was waiting for the show to start and i was like holy cow these are just absolutely glowing reviews and one person was like i'm gonna write a completely different review about the story because the story is too good for diablo 4 that you d- you don't want to don't don't be one of those guys that you know mashes b to skip the story you want to get the story of this game because it's really really uh well told um and all of the all of the the gameplay loops they've just absolutely perfected them now right before the show russ you said you'd never played a diablo game before right hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I've never played any sort of like isometric RPG at all. Like the closest has been like Hades or something, which I don't think is like that either. But like, that's it. Like, I, I just never played those games. I had roommates. Oh, my gosh. They used to put so many hours. And I had one roommate who was just like addicted to Diablo 2 and uh, Raisin Nut brand or whatever they call that. Like the Raisin <laughs> brand. <laughs> you just like eat bowls of that. Like in between a session. Oh, I just you mean the actual cereal. Okay. I was yeah, so yeah. confused. I thought it was like some kind of weird, weird thing. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So. What, what, like you said before the show, you're going to be playing this game. What about this one is, is enough to say, all right, I'm going to give this D- Diablo a shot finally. Well, I got, I got you guys, honestly. Like, that's really it. It's like, <laughs> I finally like, cause it doesn't, like, it does not appeal to me to just click. I'm not, I'm really like summarizing this and re- reducing it here, but I feel like you just click a bunch and get a bunch of loot. You know what I mean? That's always, always felt about those games. But if you're doing it with friends, like who cares? You're doing other stuff at the same time, talking or whatever. So Carrie, what about you? You, uh, you hyped for Diablo four. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a huge, huge Diablo fan. I like playing Diablo one, uh, and Diablo one's uh, DLC that came out hellfire. Uh, that whole online scene scared me. Uh, terribly, just getting grief killed instantly all the time. And then when D2 came out, when they had Battle.net, Battle.net was so awesome. Bnet was fantastic. I loved Bnet. The atmosphere of Bnet and how it was, uh, that was a time that I wish that people could 
feel because that was a special time. Uh, but yeah, huge fan of, of Diablo two Diablo three. I, I bounced off. I like finished it and then I never went back to it at all. The auction house and all the other stuff. It just like, just a bit weird. And, and D four feels a lot like to me, like the old times, I think as long as I can get a group that will do hardcore mode because hardcore mode makes things intense. Like when you see your, your health drop down and you know, you're going to die and that's it game over. You have to start from mm-hmm. scratch. Uh, that is in that I, I not many people like that because the anxiety <laughs> is crazy because you know you get hit and you're like oh no and you're trying to pot up while you're running away. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of fun that way. Um, so that's the way I technically prefer to play, but that's only because I've had so many hours in Diablo. But oddly enough, and this may sound kind of crazy, I am not buying it day one, only because I am still confident that the Microsoft ABK deal is going to cl- go through. And then I'll just have it on Game Pass. Uh, so I don't want to buy it and then get it through Game Pass. Like there's this barrier for me. So I'm just, there's also too many games that I want to play anyway. So I'm just like, okay, I'll just wait on that. Um, which might mean that I don't play it all that much, to be honest. Well, there's some incentive, especially for you, Carrie, to start right away. Because uh, here's a tweet from Diablo. They said, think you can cheat death if you reach one, level 100 on hardcore mode and tweet... Uh, hashtag Diablo 4 Hardcore with proof to have your username immortalized on a statue of Lilith. Uh, it's only the first 1,000 people that do it. I, I wouldn't get it's It's impossible. I won't be. <laughs> I have too much responsibility. If I had yeah. zero responsibilities, I might entertain it. But knowing that I, it's just impossible. That's a goal that I won't achieve. So I'm not going to even look into it. Rich, where, are you going to be playing Diablo 4? I'll play it. I'm a lot like Russ. I... I played a little bit of Diablo 2. Uh, if I'm being reductionist, I also have not, like, I like I played Destiny, and I've, n- not Destiny, actually Borderlands, I had a similar feeling where it was the loot shooter. I think Destiny balanced it more, but the, the loot shooter mechanics in Borderlands just felt like, okay, I get it. I can get some new guns. That's cool. But I didn't really enjoy the gunplay, so I just kind of dropped off of it. And it was similar for Diablo, where it was just, I did feel like I was just clicking around. And so I, I think maybe hardcore mode would have been a better fit, perhaps. Um, but yeah, that's something that I will try with Diablo 4. And what about you, Kyle? Are you picking this game up? Uh, probably not day one, but I will be picking it up. I played a lot of Diablo 2, although at the time I didn't have internet, so I played it all offline. Uh, Diablo 3, I didn't like at all, so I played a lot of Path of Exile. Um, and I'm hoping Diablo 4 is, brings us back to the Diablo 2 days. Yeah, I, I ha- I'm still trying to decide where I'm going to play it. Like, I'm not going to play it on PC because I very much prefer to... I'm going to be playing over there on my couch uh, on the screen. When Diablo 3 added in uh, controller mode, it improved the game in my opinion and people can be mad at me if they want about this but it improved the game so much uh because i wasn't constantly click 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 like it was a non-stop click 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 with your mouse and it just felt so much more relaxed after that uh which i really really liked so i'm going to be playing it on console but i i have yet to decide if i'm going to pick it up on xbox or on uh, PlayStation, but I will be picking it up day one, if for no other reason than my son is super hyped for Diablo 4 and so I want to be able to play it with him, and so we're, we're definitely going to be picking that up at this house And um, there's going to be a Nerd Nest guild, by the way, so join the Discord if you guys haven't, if you're looking for 
or I guess it'd be a cult. I don't remember if it's a guild or a clan, but you guys know what I mean. That kind of, you know, social thing. Uh, end up join join the Discord if you want. I did run a poll while we were having this conversation, and I, I asked, which game are you guys most, uh, most hyped for? Uh, just for the people who are here in chat, which... Wow, there's almost there's almost 200 people here right now already. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, Diablo 4, 77% said that they were hyped more for Diablo 4. And 22% said Street Fighter 6 was the one that they are both hyped for, or hyped for. But guess what? They're both really, really well-reviewed games already. And so I, I'm personally really excited for this people are asking why i'm not going to be playing it on uh, the steam deck just i know it's going to perform better on consoles than the steam deck the steam deck is going to look it's going to be a great place to play it but uh, like i don't have to jump through the hoops in order to like install the blizzard launcher like i did with world of warcraft and all that stuff it's just kind of it's kind of a pain and i don't want a pain i just want to be able to sit down and play but the cool thing about diablo 4 is is completely platform agnostic. So whatever game, whatever system you're playing it on, it's cross platform, it's cross uh, progression. So you know, no matter where anybody plays it, we're all going to be able to play together, which is really, really awesome. All right, any last thoughts on Diablo or Street Fighter before before we get going? I will mention for Street Fighter, you know, you guys all were saying, oh, yeah, it's great that they have modern controls. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, this sucks so bad. That's, that's my one advantage yeah. is that I can it's, play with those controls and I'm oh. good at it. You know what I mean? No, it, it's balanced. As far as I've seen, it's balanced so that, like, it's not like a cooldown mechanic like other fighters are doing. It's it's that basically by using modern controls, you're almost limited in what you can do. So, uh, for example, just the fact that you can do six different normals they're called right like you can do a jab straight um fierce you can you don't have access to all of those buttons basically when you're doing modern controls so you're you basically have a limited subset of controls that you can do so it makes it easier but you don't have access to everything yeah see i i I miss like the six buttons you know like knowing the nuance (laughs) like when to press what button and well all that stuff will still be there it will still be there. Yeah, like yeah, the, the modern controls. controls are optional. Oh, never mind then. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Russ is going to be there with his, you know, quarter circle forward, upside down, yeah. strong or whatever, and I'm going to be like, bam! I pushed a button, and he's going to clean house with me. But that's okay because it, it's going to make the game more accessible, so more people are going to be able to play it. But right, yeah, if they sure. only did one. Yeah. If they if they just said we're ditching the old way of doing it and not doing, then I would understand why people would be upset about that. Yeah, no, I'm good then. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, we've talked him down off that ledge, folks. But uh, <laughs> listen, there there's a lot of people who posted a lot of awesome memes. I gotta say, Rich, your thumbnail for <laughs> the uh, the PlayStation Q was brilliant uh if you guys haven't seen it head on over to youtube.com slash fan the deck and check that out um there's a really really brilliant thumbnail made me laugh out loud but let's talk about that playstation event before we talk about the queue overall what did you guys think of the event as a whole kyle start us off it was a great event for gaming but a really bad event for playstation there are very, very few exclusives that aren't VR. 
And immediately after the event, every company came out and said, oh, and we're also releasing on Xbox and or PC. <laughs> <laughs> so the impact was immediately lost. Uh, so there's there are very few reasons that PlayStation are selling people on needing a PlayStation. Yeah, I can agree with that. I also will say that that made me happy because that means that people can oh, play yeah. it on their systems of choice. In my like, I think that that's yeah. better than exclusives. I know that the... And I know that you're not saying this, Kyle. You're not being like, oh, I wanted to have it so that nobody else could have it. I understand <laughs> that that's not your your thought. But there's a lot of people out there that are like, I only want to have, you know, uh, exclusives so that you can't play the game unless you bought the same color box that I bought. And that, that kind of stuff is ridiculous. Carrie, what do you think is the event as a whole? Uh, yeah, I'm going to echo what Kyle said. Uh, it was a great PC gaming showcase, super fantastic. Uh, I also was just dying laughing because last week we talked about it. I was like Jim Ryan says PS PS Five <laughs> exclusives not for two to three years, and then Hell Divers Two like opens with the show, and it's like on PC day one, and I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> but yep. but gas games don't count. I understand. Yeah, well, go, <laughs> if you guys aren't sure exactly what we're talking about, go back and watch or listen to the previous episode of the Nerd Nest podcast because uh, Carrie made this this perfect prediction that games as a service games are all going to be on every platform because they got to be. But go check out that episode. Uh, Russ, uh, what would you think about the, the, the thing as a whole? So I missed uh, I missed most of it. I, I basically tuned in when Spider Man was showing. So I just watched all that, and I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh look, it's Spider Man movie, you know. And it was like fifteen minutes long. It was great, you know. And so I just caught that, and then you know read the news afterwards. So uh, overall, you know, at least looking at the news and whatnot, I, I totally agree with Kyle that it's basically like they made it sound like, oh look at all these great things happening in the PlayStation world, and then the rest of the world was like, we also have that too. Yeah, in fact, Microsoft tweeted out like a screenshot that showed all the big games that were announced and they were like all coming to Xbox. <laughs> uh Rich, what would you think about it as a whole or is it just, you know, everybody else nailed it already? I I gave it an 8 out of 10 just immediately coming out after it. I felt like it was a good show. I do get the sentiment that it wasn't a good PlayStation show. Um but I also like we say the same thing about Xbox, right? And I think I think we're just in a time right now where it is going to be very hard to have more than two or three new AAA games in a in a one of these events, right? And so, if they had had one of those, one more of those, would that have made it um, a better? How much better of a Sony show would that have made it? And that's something I'm struggling to see. I think they had. Spider-Man, that good 15-minute showcase, which I was really enjoying. Um, and what was the other big Sony game that they continued to talk about? There was one more. Maybe it was just Final Fantasy. Yeah, maybe yeah, it was just Final it's Fantasy. It's FF16 and Spider-Man 2 oh, that yeah. everyone is yeah. like, we still got that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm excited about FF as well. So I, I think maybe I just saw that. And, you know, I am really excited about the pc game so i'm like ghost runner 2 and talos principle 2 excuse me i'm i can't wait to get my hands on those two games yeah uh i will say that overall as a show itself i thought it was really well done they didn't do any of the things that it drive me crazy where they're like 
we're gonna have a group of people come out and pretend to play video games for the first like they're like playing they're like oh get my six and cover me you know like that kind of stuff i always hate when they do that stuff they didn't have a fake interview uh, they didn't constantly interrupt gameplay with a bunch of people just talking about this is why it's so great. Like, I think Jim Ryan was on screen for a total of like three minutes out of the out of the entire uh, hour plus of time. So I thought that that was was really well done. And I, I would like to see more stuff like that. The The things that people complained about a lot were too much CG trailers. I agree. Uh, I can't stand that. Show me. Just show me gameplay. Uh, and then uh, a, a lot of people complained that they didn't show enough for PSVR 2, which which I understand that. The games that they did show off, I'm just going to uh, scroll through um, the, the list real quick. Uh, obviously, Spider-Man 2, uh, they talked about a games-as-a-service game called Fair Games, which looks like it's a... Uh, team-based heist game where you're, but you're competing against others, uh, other teams in order to steal something before them. It seems like uh, Hell Divers Two, which Carrie mentioned a little bit ago. I never played the first one. Um, Concord, which is a PvP multiplayer first-person shooter uh, that's coming to PS5 and PC. Alan Wake Two, uh, which I'm very excited for. Uh, then there's. Uh, another Assassin's Creed game, which people are excited that is kind of going back to the roots of Assassin's Creed. I, I don't know. The only Assassin's Creed that I played was um, was the Viking one. Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah. And, and I like that, uh, but I never played the other Assassin's Creed games, even though I bought one. I just sat there in a, in a case, and I never got around to it. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2, which people were really, really excited yeah, for huge. that. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 uh, Splatoon uh, is coming to PlayStation, <laughs> essentially. Uh, let's see. Uh, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the PlayStation well, VR stuff. They got v, uh, Beat Saber, which I ended up picking up. Um, uh, VR mode for Resident Evil 4. And then, uh, yeah, there's just too much to go through. There was a lot of stuff uh, announced. What was everybody's favorite thing that got announced? Uh Rich? So I'm going to make a call out in the comments real quick because a yeah. lot of people are mentioning Plucky Spire, Squire. And that was, yeah, that game looks amazing. The the one that looks like a link between worlds. I mm-hmm. love the look of that game. And then for me, I'm going to say Talos Principle 2. Talos Principle was, I don't know, my favorite puzzle game so far of all time. So I'm looking forward to the sequel. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Carrie? Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the few different indie games that they showed, there was that one... Uh, game is it the towers game towers of something if that's the one that uh, oh, like, or something yeah is that the one that was like kind of breath of the wildy uh the yeah. guy that had like a glider in, in that one <laughs> yeah. yeah that that one looked cool um there was a bunch of indie games in there that i was like super stoked i mean i'm gonna be playing them on pc but yeah it was, it was a, <laughs> again everything that showed in there was actually really cool stuff yeah yeah i would agree with that kyle uh, I would say it's a tie between Ellen Wake 2 and Dragon's Dogma 2 for me. Mm. See, now, I never I love, played I Dragon's Dogma. Can somebody tell me about that? Because, uh, like, I, I know that it's supposed to, it's supposed to be, like, really hardcore, right? It it can be, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, fantasy. Um, one of its big callings was that uh, you could climb on the monsters to actually, like, hurt them and everything. Breath of the Wild kind of ended up stealing that a little bit later, but <laughs> you can actually scale monsters um, 
in there and like take them down. It's a, it's really good, good RPG Dev- all the way through. Devil May Cry designer makes high fantasy RPG. Is that? Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And Russ, what was your favorite, uh, favorite thing in the, in the showcase? I got someone vacuuming here, so I'm going to mute again after I'm done. But uh, Metal Gear, the Metal Gear ones, you know, I talked about earlier, if we could remake anything or whatever, you know, I of all of them, Snake Eater is like my least favorite Metal Gear Solid game, you know, so it is what it is. But all the same, uh, I like that they're actually starting that. I hope that there's no big dramatic conflict between Hideo Kojima and Konami and all that kind of stuff. I just hope it's just a nice, quiet release and they give him his credit and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, you never know. Anyway, yeah, that's the one that I, I was like, oh, that perked up when I heard about that. Yeah, again, that was just a CG trailer, so I'm going to hold my excitement for that. But I am looking forward to jumping in on uh, on that. It had been rumored that it was coming. Um, I will say that I guess that it's uh, it's been confirmed that uh, Kojima has nothing to do with the new one. But that's not a huge surprise after what happened between uh, between those two. Um for me, the thing that I'm probably the most excited for is got to be Final Fantasy 16, e- even more than Spider-Man. But I didn't need to see anything else. Like, they could have cut the entirety of Final Fantasy 16 out of this presentation. I know that they put it in there because it's one of the, I think it was, what, two exclusives? <laughs> so they have yeah, to talk yeah. about it. But... I cannot wait to play that game and I don't need I I need no more information. I'm already sold. I'm very, very hyped for it, which is why at the beginning of the show, we're talking about I got Zelda to finish with then Diablo four and then right on the heels of Diablo four Final Fantasy 16. So uh, let's move on. Next week, by the way, should be is 2023 the best year for gaming because this is out of control. Yeah. Say that. Wait, what, what did you say? (laughs) <laughs> next week's topic maybe oh. we should do is 2023 the best year for gaming absolutely I, you know what I, I have a better idea uh so 2023 might be the best year for gaming okay i want i want everybody in here to try and find a year that comes close so like just look at like just we've got a homework assignment if you guys are okay with that uh we look and see what games came out in previous years and see does any year come close to how awesome 2023 is shaping up to be. And you know what? If you've got ideas in the comment section down below, uh, help us out uh, because we'd, we'd love to hear what you guys think. David Latcham in chat says 1998. I cannot wait to find out why David year. thinks 1998. Not because I doubt you, just because I want to know what you're thinking. All right. The other big thing from the PlayStation event is... They are unveiling the Nintendo Wii, uh, or not Wii, the Wii U, sorry, the Wii U, which I am a Wii U defender. I thought that Wii U was a fantastic console. Only 14.7 million people bought it worldwide in its entire lifetime, but it was a absolutely fantastic system that nobody played, and Nintendo did a terrible job marketing, uh, and that's why nobody played the dang thing, uh, but Sony announced, and I wish I, I don't know why I closed that window because I needed, oh, because I clicked on a thing. Um, they announced this uh, really oddball thing that's a streaming device called Project Q. Uh, the Photoshop, the Photoshop, the, the thing looks like a bad Photoshop. I actually think it looks comfortable. 
uh, and better. I like the idea of the eight inch screen, but I, I recognize that I am in the minority here. Um, Carrie, I'm going to start, start off with you. What was your reaction when you saw this? Cause I know, I know Carrie's going to be salty. He's a, he's our <laughs> old salty dog. So, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to tell you, like when I saw this, I, I was genuinely flabbergasted. Like I, there are sometimes that there is a, sh- a schadenfreude that I get when Sony just like stumbles and I look at this and I'm like, Oh God, you guys, Oh, you go. All right. <laughs> you need help getting up from this one. <laughs> I even felt bad for them after seeing this. Yeah. It's like something that like was in Ken Kutaragi's archives, right? Like they were like, <laughs> what was that? What was that madman thinking about? Oh, let's, he, he had a boomerang. He had the boomerang and he put a, a screen between it. <laughs> let's make that. Yeah. It's uh, it was, I don't know when you look at it, uh, I think what I said was it looked like the designers, Sony designers and engineers, PlayStation designers and engineers phoned it in at the 11th hour. Like they were told that like, oh, handhelds are big. Do something. And it was like, here you go. This is like an idea we have. And they said, ship it. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what, what was your initial reaction when taking a look at this? Well, you can ask my wife. I laughed, and then I said, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, it does look like a bad Photoshop, and um, I mean, it does look comfortable. I will grant you that, but that's that's about all the nice things I can say about it. Uh, Rich? Yeah, I think it was our first, one of our first podcast episodes where we talked about the rumor for the Q-Lite, and you know, we talked about it in earnest, but I didn't I didn't really think it was going to come out. I didn't think it was going to come out the way people were saying a streaming only handheld. Um, I thought, sure, there was a patent, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. So I'm bewildered by it. I, I, I do think it looks comfortable. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt there that um, that this design that looks uninspired is probably at least comfortable. But I'm not sure there is a price point that's going to make sense for this. And I saw a few comments on my video that referred to this more as an accessory than a handheld. And that's that's what I see this as at this point, right? I don't, it's not a handheld, it's an accessory. I, I Can I take this out and can I remote play with it? And can I cloud stream with it? Because apparently there is um, fine print that says you can't in this trailer. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Russ, I'll let you give your impressions and then we'll we'll circle back to the things that Rich was just talking about. Yeah, so uh, first off, I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was an 8-inch screen. I think that 7 inches is a bare minimum when it comes to streaming modern games because being able to see the text and whatnot. So 8 inches is good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, I, but the next impression was that it looks unergonomic. Like, so, yes, you'll be able to lay it flat. Like, you know, they have that image where it's just kind of standing on its own. And maybe that's why they put the screen so far down. But that's not going to be comfortable to actually play with. You're going to be looking down a lot. And you're going to be cranking your neck down. It should be at a higher level. That's why clamshells are more comfortable, right? Because you have that screen above your controls. And so we are at the opposite with this. I think it's actually going to be less comfortable than a lot of other handhelds in the market. All right. So we've all given our initial impressions. Uh, Rich obviously is giving us some like he's talking about some some stuff that I think is is really, really important. Um, uh, So you were talking about the fact that it's an accessory and it is an accessory because when they talk about this thing, they are saying you are streaming games from your PlayStation, not from our servers. You are streaming the games from your PlayStation. And that is a big problem because, A, um, not everybody has really good internet. So if you go outside of your house, this will probably work great inside your house, no problem. Outside of your house, however, people are going to be running into any, like so many problems because... Everybody has different internet. And so if you have like the crappy internet, that's just the cheapest one because you really only use it to download things and watch TV, then which that's most people, then you're not going to have an upload speed good enough in order to maintain a stable connection. You're going to get so much macro blocking in your streaming and it's going to be kind of laggy, I think, which makes me wonder, is this something that you can take out of your house? Or is it something that has to stay in your house like like the Wii U? I don't think that they would actually restrict it. Um, but they like everybody's going to have a very different experience where I might be able to play it because my internet's fantastic. But then Kyle wants to play it at the coffee shop while he's, you know, sitting out, uh, you know, sitting out there having a mocha latte or whatever it is he's drinking. And he's like, it's a stuttering framey mess. And it's. That's not the kind of thing you want to have a predictable experience when you sell somebody a piece of hardware where they go out and they know, oh, well, this is what it's going to be like for me. And not having a predictable experience is going to be a huge problem. So do you guys think that this is going to be something that you can stream outside of your house or is it going to be limited like the Wii U was? Uh, Russ is shaking his head. No, I think it's just local streaming. I think it's just, instead of thinking of it like an on-the-go device, like you're kind of like hoping it would be, I think it's going to be more like a on-the-couch-and-in-bed device. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't see it being anything other than just another way to play PlayStation 5 without having to be hooked into your living room TV. And it's, it's unfortunate. If they price it right, it's fine. You know what I mean? But they're not going to. So we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But Yeah, we will. Uh, Kyle, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think, well, I guess I hope that they let you do it outside of your house because even the PlayStation Vita did with the PS4. Um, but whether they do or not is something completely different. I think that chances are low that they'll let you do that because they're trying to sell their cloud service on the side and this kind of would compete with that. Um, so yeah, I don't think they will. Carrie? Do you think you'll be able to play on this outside of your house, or is it going to be just because they did say over Wi-Fi? So uh, I do. I I would 
rationalize that they would only because like Kyle said, one of the first videos that I had that blew up over like a hundred thousand views was I got my PS4 early and I showed remote streaming on a PS Vita on my T-Mobile mobile internet connection and playing Resogun. Uh, so I had that day one and Kotaku linked it and stuff. So I did that on a PS Vita. So I wouldn't say that they would, I mean, they could, but I don't think that they would. Um, and there's also like more to talk about that. Even when we've talked about in previous podcasts that we've done, when I was using the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus, and I call these types of devices like console companions mm-hmm. as an accessory to the other one where I was playing Skyrim through that. Uh, I think that that has value. It's just that uh, because of the limitations of the queue, that price is going to be so paramount for this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rich, you were about to say something? Yeah, just as far as Wi-Fi and play outside the home goes, I I think that there was something between PS4 and PS5 where PS4, you could play outside your home. PS5 remote play, you have to, like, mess with your router to play outside of your Mm. home network. I believe that's the case. I know that's the case for at least some people with Chiaki on the Steam Deck and remote playing to their um, PS5 that way. I don't know if that's the case, for example, remote play on your phone to your PS5. Uh, But I know some people that have had to modify their home networks to be able to remote play outside the home. So that would be the benefit of using Wi-Fi as a protocol here. Just one thing I want to point out is that there's a disadvantage, right, as well, meaning that one of the advantages of Wii U was that it used its own protocol, and so it had um, faster connection between Mm -hmm. the tablet and the Wii U. So this being Wi-Fi, it's going to have a slightly slower connection. Yeah, so, I mean, my thoughts on this are the the idea that we have this dedicated device, that its only point is to stream from your PS5. Like, all of the things that everybody else talks about, oh, you can do this on your phone outside of your home. You can do this on, uh, you know, your Steam Deck outside of your home. Like, all of these things, Sony is not selling you a device that's that it that its job is to stream. And on this... They're selling you a device that its job is to stream. And as soon as you take it outside of your house, it's like up in the air as to whether or not it's going to work. And that is a really scary proposition for Sony because if I buy it and it works and somebody else buys it and it doesn't work, that person's going to be ticked off that, hey, how come I'm getting screwed here? Well, it's because your internet's terrible. Uh, So that's just something to keep in mind. But everybody in here is wondering, What's the price going to be? You know, like this thing, I I made a video. I said, there's no way that Sony prices this thing correctly. What is the correct price? I have a poll going right now in chat asking what they think the price point will be for the Q. But what is the right price point? Kyle, start us off. What do you think is the right price point for the Q? The right price, I think, would be no higher than 199 like, okay. I mean, if it's if it's priced as a uh, like an add-on screen, then you couldn't get away with a full device price. Carrie, full uh, uh, your price point that it that it needs to be in order to be a good price. Uh, based on limitations of what it is, is I feel like two hundred is still a bit too much. I would say one hundred and fifty is more in the realm of like people going, eh, all right. I think ninety nine dollars. People are like, oh yeah, okay, I'll do that. As soon as you start going over these numbers, then it's just like, well, what am I? What's the value that I get out of this? And I cannot have that. Uh, so I think that that's the elasticity that you know 
that you got to really focus on. And I'm sure they're going to do a lot of market testing, but for me, it's it's 150. Russ, what do you think? What, what's what's your price point that you say? I'll pick one of these up. So same, I think 199 is the absolute highest that they could possibly go without people coming out with pitchforks. 149, I think it's more reasonable, and it's probably like a. Uh, it's it's a good purchase at that point. The problem for me is that uh, they've already priced some of their accessories too high by comparison, right? Like they're just their regular yeah. controllers, like seventy bucks or whatever. And then that pro controller they have is what two hundred dollars. Like they, yeah, they've already painted themselves into a corner price wise. That uh, yeah, I I don't know. One ninety nine. I'm hoping they get two, but two fifty is what I'm worried about. You, so you you think they'll price it at two fifty, but you would pick it up at one ninety nine. One ninety nine, I think it's bare minimum. Yeah, or more the maximum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, like okay. the bare minimum. I mean, saying okay, at least now it's a reasonable purchase. One forty nine to me is like that's what it should sell out, and that's what'll make it successful. Uh, Rich, I agree with everyone. One fifty to two hundred is the range. Two hundred is, I think, a little too much, and one fifty is the sweet spot. Um, one of the ways that I phrase this is. Um, you know, just Steam Deck is what I know, right? So Steam Deck sold a million units in a year. What price point can this be to sell a million units in a year? I don't know if Sony would consider that a success, but I think it would have to be 199 or below to sell a million units in a year. I think 199 personally, I think that's too high in my opinion. Like, I, I don't think, I would not even, if I were not a content creator, I wouldn't even consider it for 199 For 150 I would likely pick one up at a hundred bucks. I would snap that thing up faster than you can say anything, because I think that that would be a ridiculously good deal. But, you know, I think it was Russ that brought up the price of the controllers. The controller is $70. A, an eight inch tablet screen is more than $30. Like there's not the Sony. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's that's true. true. That's a good point. They manufacture this stuff on the regular, so um, may, may, you know it's not going to be that that expensive. But I, do you think they can hit ninety nine as a backbone price point? Is carry a backbone is ninety nine, so I don't think so. Backbone being a telescopic controller. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, like saying could they? Sure, would they? No. Um, I think that's just where it comes down to. But when you get down to the the, the BOM, the, the bill of materials on these types of things, the screens are cheap. They're like very, very cheap, especially maybe based ones that you can just get off on the shelf from that are already pre-made. Um, they're alarmingly inexpensive. Uh, so when you think about all the things that go into it and what, what's necessary, I guess it's just really the parts that are going to get that. Even if you're using like MediaTek stuff, uh, it kind of grinds my gears a little bit. Like, because when you look at like TVs and stuff and they're like putting in like, absolutely bottom tier media tech chips with like a gig of ram i'm like oh yeah you you splurged on all 12 cents on that did you it's like (laughs) (laughs) couldn't put an extra nickel in there like give me two gigs of ram so yeah i get those types of things those types of things get me and i get it i get it like whiz biz reasons right like they have to be able to sell you the next thing later on and and all the other stuff eventually when it does its updates and it runs like a to a crawl you're like oh i have to replace my tv and i get it but uh, some of those things are, um, they're, not, they're not expensive when you look at the bill of materials. Max Maloney in chat says, this is a lower quality screen than most tablets, also much lower quality than OLED on the Vita. I don't, like, do we know? All we know is it's a 1080p screen, and it's an 8-inch screen. We don't know anything else about it. Do we, do we Rich? Uh, I was just going to say it is LCD, so we do know that. Okay. 
Um, I would say that it's not a worse quality screen than most tablets because while most people who think about tablets, they think iPad, but man, oh man, there are a lot of friggin' Kindles out there. There's a lot of crappy, crappy Kindles out there. Uh, I think that's probably one of the most common tablets out there, even though nobody, like, they, they just don't get used as much, uh, than, like, they're usually, you know, you get it for your kid or whatever. Um, not that there's anything wrong with a Kindle, if that's what you got. I just, I wouldn't buy one. Uh, and I'm I'm sure that those things, like, what do they cost, like 50 bucks a piece? For, oh, a, for, yeah, for a Kindle? Yeah, they're, 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 they're so yeah. cheap. So uh, I think that the, we don't know much about this screen, so I don't know that we can say, uh, like, that it's a bad screen. Uh, I do like that it's an eight-inch screen, but it's that thing's impossibly thin. I think the battery life is supposed to be like three hours. Is that a is that a deal breaker for you guys? A three-hour battery life, Carrie? That's a minimum. That's like I, I consider like two hours to be like degrade, like a maybe even like a C plus, like C minus, like a you barely passing. Two hours is like barely passing. Anything under two hours is atrocious. Three hours is like C. Once you start getting into like five hours, that's where I consider it to be like average. Then once you go over like six and the twelve, then you're like S and A tier. But at three hours is not especially for a streaming only device. Right. Oh, it's a streaming device. It should be a lot longer than that. Although I don't think Sony's actually said the battery life. That's just somebody else has talked about it that has had hands on with it, right? It is a yeah, I, I don't know if they said they've had hands on, but it is, I would say, a credible rumor. Um mm-hmm based on who reported it. So it was Tom Henderson who reported Project Q Lite in the first place. Gotcha. And the controller, oh. right? Like the controller eats up battery life, like the dual sense technology or whatever. Yep. So it does make sense it's yep. going to be on the low end. Yeah, and they have said that it has all of the features that the dual sense controller has are yep. in yep. this as well. So uh that's just something else to keep in mind. I did run a poll while we were talking about this. Uh, and uh, just going to get the results of that poll. I asked, what do you think the the price point of the Q is? 36% of people said that it's going to be greater than $200. 29% said it will be at $200. 25% said $150. And 8% said less than $100. Um, I think that it's going to be $250. And I will not buy one at $250. Uh, but if they sold it at ninety nine dollars, they would these things would fly off the shelves, especially with thirty eight million PS fives out there. One more wrinkle. Here's what they should do. Yeah, do the Xbox Series S thing. So definitely do cloud stream streaming. They need to do that. I don't see how they'd launch it without cloud streaming. I know I'm beating that 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 horse dead. Um, but then do the Xbox Series S play, payment plan thing. So you're paying oh, yeah. $25 a month for a subscription, but you're also paying down the, the handheld, the accessory. And after two years, it's yours or whatever it is. That's a really good idea. The, the whole idea that it's part of your subscription for the, uh, the cloud streaming, that's really smart. Sony, that one's free. Actually, it's not free. Send the check to uh, Fan the Deck. On YouTube, <laughs> um, there is one other thing that I just want to quickly add, and yeah. I think that uh, so for me, there's always been like that conspiracy theory type of part of my brain where when I hear Q light, I think of uh, well, if there's a Q light, certainly <laughs> there's a Q prime. Uh, so I think that there's still a redemption arc that Sony can still like even like just create and just be like here's the Q light, but also here's the Q, and then have like an <laughs> actual handheld that everyone wants to buy. <laughs> Uh, so that's me hoping. 
That's uh, his his hopium. Was, we always yeah. have a lot of hopium around here. <laughs> always um. on a fresh fresh supply of hopium, nonstop. <laughs> uh, anything else to add before we move on to the other events that are that are on the way here this uh, summer? No. Okay. Uh, so we've got the PC gaming event, which is happening in. Uh, I'm just getting it up here on June 11th. That's that's like uh, 12 days away. So that's like two weeks from now. We've got the the PC gaming show. Uh, this is the one that I, I don't usually get super excited for. I feel like it's not. Um, it's the one that has a lot of... Am I thinking of the... What's the one that I'm thinking of? There, They always have like skits and stuff, which I find irritating. Oh, you're talking about Devolver Digital. Yes. Okay. No. Uh, th- that's the one I, I don't really like that one. I understand that they're just trying to be entertaining, and it, I just find it to be irritating. Just show me video games and don't talk. That's what I want. I want show me video games and don't talk. But a lot of us have communities that are very heavily invested in PC gaming. And so I'm sure that, that our audience is very excited about the PC gaming show. Is there anything in particular you guys are looking forward to or hoping to hear uh, about from the PC gaming show in two weeks, uh, Rich. I have no idea what's coming. Um, I think I think you're right. There are a lot of like um, a lot of our audiences are PC based. I, but I do think that traditionally these shows just don't get a lot of hype around them because maybe there's less of an identity as there is with Sony and Xbox. Um, so I'd like to see more of that. So I'm glad we're talking about it, more hype around this. Um, but to be honest, I have no idea what to expect from this show. Uh, so, so far, uh, it's supposed to be Baldur's Gate 3, which is a game that we've been playing for a year now already because it's in early access. Um, it's awesome, though. So pick that up if you haven't. Uh, Frostpunk 2, Dune Awakening, a brand new game from Klee. I don't even know who that is. Um, and uh, there's 51 other games that are going to be revealed there. Um, Kyle, anything that you're got your fingers crossed for? Uh, I don't know about any games, but I'd like to see something from Microsoft indicating that they care about handheld. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have the ROG Ally, right? So they obviously care about that. Well, yeah, but they don't have the uh, that new interface they were piloting or anything. They're relying on the third-party vendors to do all the work for them. I would like to actually see some buy-in from the company themselves. Okay, so since you brought that up, I think it's a good way to 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 ask Carrie about this because, you know, when the when the um, ROG Ally first got announced, you made a, you put out a a video with the headline that said, "Thanks, Asus, I hate it." And then they updated Armory Crate, and you put out another video that said, "Thanks, Asus, I love it." And I loved, I like the the little ping pong there. If you guys didn't know, it's 4D chess that Carrie's playing. Uh, has has Armory Crate changed much enough for you to get excited about that? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So Armory Crate's update was more, also the BIOS update was just general stability updates on the mm-hmm. machine itself. Uh, it's like much, much better. But then Armory Crate, a lot of the fun- feature and functionality of stuff just worked. The frame limiter uh, d- didn't work before and continues to not work. So I don't know what they're targeting there, but the other type of things that they do um, kind of help you navigate Windows in a better way in a handheld state and kind of adopt some of the things that are already pre- present on like iPad um, and Android. More so iPad because it has that like that thin little bar that iPads have at the bottom that indicates you can press it and slide up. Mm-hmm. So there's indications that Asus have done that really make using the handheld, uh, using their software better. Uh, they still have a, a number of features that I would like them to add uh, just because of how it's how it's done. But also what, what Kyle's saying, like I do want Windows, Microsoft, to just generally have, I mean, they did it for Windows 8, right? Like they, they made a whole OS about tablets and that right. was atrocious. Um, so, I mean, certainly just being aware of a handheld itself, I don't think is a tall order to ask. Uh, I would just love them to do that, but there are some things that they have to kind of wrap their head around just because of how many different vendors are coming out with a lot of different weird systems. And sometimes because those MIPI based displays can be rotated in, in two different ways. So compensating for that and what the keyboard is anticipating on a portrait based display that's rotated. So there's like all of these things that Microsoft never really anticipated that are being wedged into this space. Uh, and they need to fix that up. They need to clean that up. It's, it's one of the things that uh, I mean, you hear Apple talk about this when you want to when you want to make a good hardware control the software, or maybe it's the opposite thing that they talk about, where if you are in control of both things, you generally will have a good experience. You look at the Steam Deck, they control the hardware, they control the software. It is a very good experience using that uh, it, just just right out of the box. And, uh, you know, Kyle is talking about the idea that there was this leak that Microsoft is working on, you know, a you know, so, uh, a, a better implementation for like these handhelds, but I guess it was, um, uh, oh gosh, what's the thing called where they, uh, where they, hackathon. uh, yeah, hackathon. It was a hackathon yeah. thing. Sorry, Kyle, but I thought you were going to say something. So, Carrie, yeah, though, you did in your latest video, I saw a comment from, I think it's from somebody at Asus, right, saying that there was things they were working on with Microsoft to improve Windows. Did you see that comment? I, yeah, I mean, I see that there's one person that uh, continually comments. I'm not certain about the actual connection there, but I do. I am. Oh. I am seeing it, and I'm aware of it. Um, but there's other things that are going on in the background that I don't think I can talk about. But um, <laughs> they, they're they're doing things, and there's also a lot of third party people working on stuff. So there's there's a big ecosystem of stuff that people are going to be able to tap into uh, after the launch of the ROG Ally. But I mean, I'm still mostly in line with what Kyle's saying. This should just be cohesive from the get-go. Um, I think yep, it'd just be agreed. a better situation. Yep. Yeah, I don't think that this is this. And, and, but I don't. You know, the reason he answered this question was because I said, "Is there something that you're hoping to see from the PC gaming show?" I don't see that happening at the PC gaming show. That's something that they talk about either at an ASUS event 
or uh, during a Microsoft event because they're the ones that are completely in control of that and they could really show that off. I just don't see them saying it, saying anything about it at the PC gaming event because there's there's so many different um, interfaces, not interfaces, different pieces of hardware that you would have to um, work with. And I just don't yeah. see them saying that unless they were doing it at a an actual Microsoft event. So let's talk about an actual Microsoft event. June 11th, we've got the Starfield Direct, the Xbox Game Showcase. Uh, it's supposed to be like people are saying Starfield is make or break for Microsoft. I don't necessarily think that's true, but um, boy, I hope it, I hope it does well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the open world Western RPGs that we see from Bethesda. Um, are you guys hyped? I, Carrie, I know you're hyped for, for the Microsoft event, right? I am indeed. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, mostly I just want to just, I want Microsoft to be able to recover somewhat just of the general optics from the wide gaming community in this nonsense console war that we're always like involved with is that they are able to um, get a leg up, especially because Sony fumbled a bit with their previous one. And I would just like them to just have something where this could just even the playing field and we can just go, okay, great. Let's talk about the games now. Cause I just, uh, right now, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is Starfield. I hope they showed something. I hope, I hope they show something uh, with avowed. Um, so if they show something with avowed, like any gameplay or stuff, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but right now, Starfield is the only thing that's really on my radar. Anything from the Xbox event on your radar, Russ? No, you know, the Starfield thing is we talked about a couple episodes ago. I didn't realize it was Bethesda game, so I am looking forward to that. I was a big Halo, Halo, Fallout, Halo, I'm saying Halo, Fallout 3 <laughs> fan. And so I am hoping, yeah, this will be like a space-based version of that. It'd be pretty cool. Awesome. Rich, anything? There's a lot of mowing going on in my area. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same. I'm, I'm mostly Starfield. I, I am... Uh, I do have some sympathy for the developers of Starfield. They have a lot on a lot of pressure on their shoulders. So they do. Yeah, I, I I hope for their sake as well that it just goes well during that event. I have to say, uh, and then I'll let Kyle jump in. I have to say personally, I am very excited for Forza. Uh, I've never been a racing a game guy. I always played like Mario Kart was my racing game, um, but then. I picked up an Xbox Series X and Forza Horizon, whatever it is, that was part of Game Pass. So I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And it was really, really fun. I had a blast with it. And then the same thing happened with Gran Turismo on my PlayStation. I had so much fun with that. So I'm looking forward to the new Forza. I think that that's going to be really exciting. And I'm also looking forward to uh, Bethesda's uh, Space Fallout. Um, Kyle, what's up, man? Uh, I'm excited for Starfield. Um, I will borrow a page from my own book and say I played a shameful amount of Bethesda games. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to uh, losing another few weeks in that one and uh, hopefully modding it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Uh, all right, real quick before we... I know we yeah. have to end, but if we can get <laughs> FTL, if someone can mod in like FTL-like mechanics into oh, Starfield, 
No. I would be all yeah. about <laughs> yeah, just like being in space sure. and getting boarded and just like open the airlocks to kill them. That's like something that <laughs> happens. He's put Give a lot of thought three weeks. This, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, guys, it's a Bethesda game, so the mods are going to be necessary in order for it to be playable anyway because it's going to ship super broken. And that is not a judgment on my part. That is just what happens with Bethesda games. They ship broken and they're awesome anyway. Uh, so. Speaking of broken games, uh, obviously we we've already hit an hour, so we probably can't spend too much time about this. But Gollum, Gollum, I don't know how to say it. Schmeagel, uh shipped, and wow, this might be one of the worst launches that I have seen in a ridiculous amount of time. It gave a, it gave us yet another one of these dear players. Uh, messages uh, where they're like, "Hey, sorry, our game sucks, and we didn't we didn't delay it when we should have delayed it." But uh, I, I think it was Linus Tech Tips tweeted out a thing where it was basically one of these, but you just fill in the blanks of like, <laughs> "Hey, everybody, we're sorry that game name is terrible and that we didn't do the the quality control that we need to." At this company, we try and make sure that everything's up to the highest standard. It was awesome because uh, we've seen a lot of these recently uh so it's yet another game that's broken has anybody tried this trash fire i hate to be mean to the devs because they didn't make the decision to ship it but has, nobody's played it okay no i'm just gonna say uh ign gave it a four <laughs> right. you guys follow the, the IGN seven is the look. Yeah, IGN gave it a four. So wow, I, I saw somebody say said that they played it for a review, and then they they said I they didn't play it again after it because it was so broken. Uh, Legend Aries in chat says that's a funny name. Uh, they said another bad launch. Wow, twenty twenty three is going to be the best and worst game launch ever. That's a really really good point. Um, <laughs> And then Square says that we're going to ship Final Fantasy 16 without a day one patch. Um, I'm super happy to hear that, that it's going to have no day one patch because they've been working on basically Tears of the Kingdom uh, in this, making sure that uh, the game is done and just kept working on it and polishing it and polishing it. So it's it's hopefully going to be awesome on day one. Do you guys think we're going to get one of these we're sorry images from Final Fantasy 16? Uh, Russ? I don't think so. I think that we've, uh, I don't know, they've had a good amount of time to bake this game in, and they have they know how to ship games. And so, yeah, I think that Square Enix will probably do a pretty good job with this one. This is actually, for me, surprisingly, maybe a day one purchase. I, I rarely purchase games day one, like maybe twice a year, and this might be Modern. one for me. Modern game core. That's right. <laughs> Are you going to make a second channel about modern games? <laughs> no, He's already no, got I'm the just... URL. Get the URL, man. <laughs> Somebody else is going to get the URL. They're going to get the little green mat, and they're going to steal your thunder. You better grab okay. the URL. <laughs> uh, all right. Anybody else any, have anything to add about those two, uh, the dichotomy between Gollum and Final Fantasy sixteen? Uh, just real quick. The only thing I want to say real quick is uh, it most likely going to launch really good on PS5, uh, but when it launches in like a year or so on PC, it'll be broken by all by all means <laughs> for some reason. Uh, so yeah, that's the only thing I want to say is it's going to be great on PS5, and they will do nothing until it launches, and then launch it and go, oh, whoopsie doodle. That was the all end right. result. That's he gave us the perfect segue to the last segment. Did, did you have something you wanted to say first, though, Rich? 
uh, just the last thing was that, um, shoot, I forgot. Oh, I'm just glad that we, with Gollum, that it was just a small segment, right? Because we have had so many great games. So I want to be able to focus on those. And then the bad ones, you know, it happens and we, we can move on quickly. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of moving on, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, our final story for today, um, is coming to PC. I did not expect to see this game come to PC because one of the things that they said over and over was the only reason (laughs) that this game can play is because of the ultra-fast SSD on the PS5. Now, I went to the Steam store and it doesn't say anything like they're still saying to be determined uh, on whether or not this game will like like what its minimum settings are. I don't know off the top of my head, but have you guys ever seen a game that requires an SSD on PC? Just for spoken uh, it doesn't require it, but it leverages uh, direct storage. Isn't is Dead Space not in the same category? Does it? I, I've, I haven't paid attention to direct storage being possible. On- I don't know if it's direct storage or not. I just know that it had trouble playing from the SD card on the Steam Deck. So that's that's why I connected to the direct storage. Okay. Uh, so can Kyle, can you tell people what direct storage is real quick? Uh, sure. It skips a lot of nonsense that Windows usually has to do to access the storage and just feeds the data directly to the graphics card, basically. Yeah, so your CPU is not decode or like doing stuff. Your GPU is doing it, and the GPU is usually more powerful anyway. So uh, it's able to load things in faster. And, you know, they said the only reason Ratchet and Clank works is because the SSD is so fast, it's able to get that information loaded super quick so that you can have like the two worlds open at the same time with the the weird. I haven't played the game with the weird portal gun. Um, I've got it installed because it's in PS Plus this month uh so i'm definitely gonna be be playing it eventually when after i get bored with the other awesome 2023 games that that we've got um russ do you think that this game is going to require an ssd yeah uh i'm not sure i I think they probably will put something i saw a comment said that the last of us actually requires one too i'm not sure about that I, I don't really follow the technical side, but I have played through this game. This is the, one of the first games I bought when I got the PS5 uh, last last Christmas. And uh, it's a good game, and it is amazing, technically, what they can accomplish, like being able to jump through those little hoops and whatever. Uh, it does feel, like I always mention, it feels like playing a Pixar game, you know? And so uh, it is pretty amazing. And I don't know. I don't have a PC that can handle that. I don't think <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I certainly don't either. There's no. I'll just play it on my my PlayStation. Russ, you're uh, Rich. You were about to say something. There, there's verbiage in the Steam Store page that makes it seem like they're targeting the Steam Deck as well. So hopefully, it should scale well. Scale well to lower hardware. Um, Ratchet and Clank. I'm just trying to bring it up on on screen. Anybody have anything to add while I'm trying to type? Um, there are other. Um, well, there are more PC ports coming uh, as well, so good stuff. Yeah, this is this was another one that was in the Nvidia Nvidia leak a while ago, um, and that Nvidia leak has been proven true time and time again at this point. And so we should be expecting ghosts. We should be expecting demon souls. What else should we be expecting? Um, if you remember, Carrie. So, I mean, Ghost, Ghost of Sushi is, is probably the one that's coming next. Uh, Demon yeah. Souls has been on, on that for a bit now, but I would wager that Sushi is first. Um, yeah. 
outside of those, I think the only ones that are on the docket would be like the ones that we know that will eventually come, like Ragnarok. Uh, and then yep. there's the ever waiting Bloodborne uh, saga that mm-hmm. we've all been, you know, just that wasn't thinking. that wasn't on the list. So I don't. <laughs> I, I I know it wasn't on the list, but the, I mean, everyone just keeps talking about it. And it's just like, I know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what Rich was saying is that there's some language here on the Steam page. It says, choose from a wide variety of graphics quality options to tailor to a wide range of devices, all the way from high-end PCs to portable PC gaming devices. So uh, that could mean the Steam Deck or the ROG Ally or any number of those portable candy bar handheld uh, uh, PCs that um, you know are... Everywhere that Russ and Carrie turn, there's like 15 of them like stacked up and you guys are tripping over them all the time. You're going to be playing though. You're going to be playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on there. Um, So there you have it. And that does it for today's episode of the Nerd Nest podcast. Uh, Before we get out of here, if you've been watching this on the YouTube channel, thank you very much. Make sure that you click on that like button because it really does help out. If you are listening to this, you can uh, subscribe over at the YouTube channel and be here for the live show with the um, almost 300, uh, actually over 300 other people that are here right now. You guys are fantastic. I really do appreciate that. If you want to listen to the show, uh, you can subscribe to it wherever it is that you guys listen to podcasts and just make sure that if your podcasting app allows you to rate the show that you rate it five stars or whatever is like the best, because that really does help out. Um, uh, Russ remind everybody, where can they find your stuff? So I'm at retro game core. So retro game core.com where you can find all my guides, but then obviously the YouTube channel, retro game core core spelled like Marine Corps C O R P S. Excellent. Kyle, where can people find your stuff? Uh, YouTube channel cryobite 33 or my website cryobite.io. Oh, I didn't even know that about the website part. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Carrie, tell everybody Hi. where they can find you. I'm on YouTube. You can find me uh, on, with on YouTube, The Fox. That's P-H-A-W-X. right. That's P-H-A-W-X, not F-O-X. What does The Fox say? Uh, he says, have a nice day. But Russ, not Russ, Rich, dang it. <laughs> You did well today. It was just oh, a loss. We as oh, I tried to separate the two R's, every time I talked to people, I was like, I would go to Russ and then other people and then Rich. And I screwed it up. Rich. No, you did great. Uh, yeah. So Fanda Deck on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Fanda Deck spelled as it sounds. And, and you can find me in other places from that YouTube. So go there. Awesome. And uh, I, from the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. Stay rad, everybody.